Good evening. My name is Pastor Ted Olson. I bring you warmest greetings from the Saints at Zion Lutheran in Lewis Corners this evening. This year during our Lenten worship, our theme is His Final Steps as we follow our Savior on His Passion Journey. This evening we find that our Savior's final steps led to a dinner celebration. We worship this evening in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We'll follow the order of worship as it's printed in your service folder, and we continue this evening by singing selected verses of our opening hymn, Jesus, I Will Ponder Now.
Please rise. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to his disciples, We are going up to Jerusalem. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified.
We pray. Lord God, you have brought us safely to this time of evening worship. We thank you for providing all that we need for body and life. Bless us who have gathered in your name. Speak to our hearts. Strengthen our souls. Dispel our sorrows with the comfort of your word and receive our songs of thanks and praise through Jesus Christ, our living Savior, who reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. We continue by singing together our psalm of the day.
Lord, when our sins overwhelm us, help us turn to you who truly bore the weight of them all. Because you endured God's anger, assure us that the debt of our sin has been paid in full. Hear us because of your tender mercy, so that the devil dare not accuse us, but must flee in shame. For you live and rule with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Our Passion History lesson this evening is recorded for us in the Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 26, beginning at verse 1. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, As you know, the Passover is two days away, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. On the first day of the Festival of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve, and while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. 
The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine, from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. This is the Passion History of our Lord. We continue by singing hymn 542 to my precious Lord.
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation this evening is recorded for us in the Gospel according to St. John, chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the hometown of Lazarus, who had died, the one Jesus raised from the dead. They gave a dinner for him there. Martha was serving, and Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about 12 ounces of very expensive perfume, pure nard, and anointed Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was going to betray him, said, Why wasn't this perfume sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He did not say this because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. He held the money box and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus replied, Leave her alone. She intended to keep this for the day of my burial. Indeed, the poor you always have with you, but you are not always going to have me. A large crowd of the Jews learned that he was there. They came not only because of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, whom he raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus too, because it was on account of him that many of the Jews were leaving them and believing in Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, there are many ways in which we might try to honor a person. Perhaps a card, maybe a gift, perhaps a donation in their name to a cause that they care about. One of the ways in which we honor someone one that has obviously stood the test of time, is by having a dinner celebration. There's a rich history of this practice going well back into ancient times when dinner celebrations were had in honor of a king or of a conquering hero. Nowadays we have all sorts of dinner celebrations. Birthdays, anniversaries, retirements, and yes, we still honor conquering heroes, people who have achieved something noteworthy, with a dinner celebration. As we follow Jesus on his final steps this Lenten season, we find him this evening approximately a week before the climax of his passion on Calvary. What we find, though, is perhaps something that we would not expect to find during our Lenten journey. This evening, instead of finding Jesus in anguish, instead of finding Jesus in agony, we find that his final steps led to a dinner celebration. 
One where Jesus himself was the guest of honor. This dinner celebration was certainly in honor of Jesus' person. Honoring him simply for who he is. Because after all, he is the Lord of life. Jesus is truly God. As this same Apostle John said at the beginning of his gospel, truly God who became flesh and dwelled among us for a time. He had shown himself to be God in a number of different ways. He had shown himself to be true God by his preaching, by his teaching as one who had authority, by the many miracles that he had performed. But interestingly enough, there's evidence right here at this dinner celebration that Jesus himself is true God and the Lord of life. That evidence is found, of all places, on the guest list. So who was on this guest list? Well, Matthew, we heard in our passion reading earlier, as well as Mark, tell us that this dinner was being served at the house of Simon the leper. That this dinner was at his house is actually all that we know about this man. Except, of course, that it is safe to assume that Jesus had healed this man of his leprosy. Clearly, Simon had been afflicted with the disease. Since Matthew and Mark find it enough simply to refer to him as Simon the leper and expect that we will all know who he was. But just as clearly, Simon must have been healed. Because if he had not been healed, if he were still a leper, he could not have been hosting this dinner celebration. Simon wouldn't have been anywhere near his own house. Instead, he would have been outside the city. He would have been in a colony with the rest of the lepers, far away from everyone else, slowly dying from his disease. By healing Simon, Jesus had saved his life and had restored his life to what it had been before. Clear evidence that Jesus is the Lord of life. There's even a more interesting guest at this dinner celebration. It's Lazarus. Now, in case you're wondering, in case your memory of exactly when things happen in John's Gospel is not terribly sharp this evening, the account of the raising of Lazarus happened in chapter 11. We're in chapter 12, which means this dinner celebration took place after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, and Lazarus, we are told, was one of those reclining at the table with Jesus. Clear evidence that Jesus is, in fact, true God and the Lord of life. Such clear evidence, in fact, that John tells us many people showed up to this dinner celebration simply to see this man who had been raised from the dead. 
having seen him, they began believing in Jesus as true God and the Lord of life. And so as such, Jesus is certainly deserving of honor. Deserving of honor, not just at this dinner celebration, but deserving of our honor as well. Because you see, sometimes we forget who Jesus is. Sometimes we forget as we watch him walk this earth among us, with us, for us. That this one, whom Isaiah says had no beauty to attract us to him, is, in fact, true God, the Lord of light. And because he is, he's worthy of real honor, true honor, not merely lip service. Clearly, lip service was all that Judas Iscariot was interested in giving Jesus. Oh, yeah. He sounded good when he objected to Mary's anointing Jesus with the expensive perfume. He didn't just object. He offered a better idea. That that expensive perfume should have been sold. He even had a price for it. 300 denarii. And think of how much that could have helped the poor. Yes, he sounded good. But he was insincere at best. And John tells us this wasn't his best. You see, basically, Judas was saying that Jesus just wasn't worth the extravagance. And Mary, Mary should be scolded for lavishing this perfume, this expense, on Jesus. Of course, as John identifies Judas in the way he does, it's easy for us to say, yeah, that Judas. But it's important that we recognize the same tendency in our own sinful hearts as well. It's always tempting to see that which might be offered to Jesus as being better spent somewhere else. That which I put in the offering plate can always be spent elsewhere, including on good things like supporting my family or helping others who are in need. The time and talents that I give in service to Jesus, those could be spent elsewhere as well. Including spending more time with my family that I never seem to have enough of. Or including maybe spending more time at work so I can better support my family. There are always reasons, many of them good reasons, so to speak, to spend what might be offered to Jesus on something else. But Jesus shows us that that's a false choice. An insincere choice 
at best. He shows us that we ought not be making that false choice with Judas of either or, but instead, it should be both and. Notice Jesus did not deny that the poor could and should be helped. But he also didn't deny Mary's desire to serve him directly at that dinner celebration. As the hymn writer puts it, Jesus is deserving of our all, our best. And that includes whatever time, talents, or treasures we might offer to Jesus directly, and it includes also whatever we offer Jesus indirectly, as we strive also to serve him with our whole lives, carrying out the various roles that he has blessed us with, so that all glory might always go to the one who is true God and the Lord of our lives. Jesus was most certainly deserving of being the guest of honor at this dinner celebration, being true God and the Lord of life that he is, just as he is also most certainly deserving of our honor as well. But we see that this dinner was not only in honor of Jesus' person, of who he was. It was in honor of Jesus' sacrifice. After all, that is the reason Jesus came. As the Lord of life, he came to offer his life on a cross as the all-atoning sacrifice for the sins of the world. Mary understood that. How do we know? Jesus tells us. He explains to us that Mary's act of pouring perfume on his feet was her way of anointing Jesus for burial. Mary knew. She understood that Jesus had come to die. She knew, or at least she sensed, that his death was imminent as he took his final steps on his way to Jerusalem. And really, it shouldn't surprise us that Mary was the one who understood this. After all, Mary was the one who spent her time sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to him, and learning from him. Mary understood. Did the others? Well, clearly Judas did but unfortunately, Matthew and Mark also give us indication that the other disciples did not fully grasp what Mary was doing either. Too busy they were paying attention to Judas's lip service. Too busy trying to justify Judas's idea. How about the 
large crowds that had gathered at this dinner celebration. Did they understand? Maybe a little. But it seems they were more interested in seeing Lazarus than they were in seeing Jesus. And the chief priests? They were too busy finding a way to kill Jesus to understand that he had actually come to die. What about us? How often aren't we too interested in other things? Too busy concerning ourselves with smaller things to fully grasp that the one who is the Lord of life, the one who is true God from eternity, left his divine glory, came to this earth as our brother, also that he might lay down his life to pay for all sin. Yes, all sin. Judas's, the disciples, the crowds, the chief priests, even yours and mine including even every time that our offerings of service have been closer to lip service than true service, including even every time that we have failed to fully grasp all that he has done for us by his sacrifice. All sin he came to pay for. And that is exactly what he did by that sacrifice offered himself as that all-atoning sacrifice, and it was Mary who understood that. And it was that sacrifice that motivated her service of anointing him for burial at this dinner celebration. And it is that same sacrifice that motivates our service as well. Keep that sacrifice always front and center in all that you do. Remember the sacrifice Jesus came to make as you offer to him your life of service, both directly and indirectly. Remember that he gave his all, his best for you, as you strive to give to him your all, your best. Remember his sacrifice as it comforts you. Comforts you to know that through it, all of your service has been washed clean in his blood and has been made a sweet-smelling, fragrant offering of love and honor to your Savior. And rejoice to know that by his sacrifice, the Lord of life has given you life. Life as his disciple who lives to honor him here. And life as God's own child who will live with him and honor him forever in heaven. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding
Guard and keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Please rise. Gracious Lord, according to your will and promise, you planned his path to the cross. He confronted the blindness of unbelief, the confusion of doubt, and the hurt of death. As we hear and contemplate the holy record of our Savior's passion and death, humble us as we view the Savior in his humility, in his suffering show us our healing, And in his death, show us our life. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless us and keep us. We close our service with an anthem from the women's choir.
Good evening. Welcome once again. Uh, as I said at the beginning, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Pastor Ted Olson. I serve the Saints at Zion in Lewis Corners. Uh, it's about 15 minutes to your northwest. Don't blink or you'll miss it for sure. Um, your brothers and sisters in Christ send you their warmest greetings. Pastor Bodie left instructions that there normally are not announcements on a Wednesday evening. If there are any, they'll be there with instructions on the lectern. This was on the lectern, but there were no instructions. I think I know what it is. Mr. Van Hall, is it okay if I read this? Sure. Okay. It says, Dear President Eikhoff and St. Paul's Congregation, thank you so very much for your loving encouragement, prayers, and open conversations over the past few weeks. I want to thank you for the honor and opportunity to deliberate the call to serve at St. Paul's as your 4K teacher. After prayerfully considering where I, with my gifts, could best serve, it is with immense joy that I can share with all of you, I am accepting the divine call to be your 4K teacher. God has given me great peace with this decision, and I eagerly look forward to serving Jesus alongside each one of you. Teaching children about Jesus is a great joy and privilege, and I am looking forward to serving at St. Paul's. Thank you for your continued prayers during this time. Your sister in Christ, Emily Panzer. So good news. Thank you for uh, sharing your pastors with us, allowing the rest of us to come and, and share God's word with you and share in your Lenten journey, allowing them to share with us. Um, I know my congregation is happy when they get to hear someone besides me, so that's always a wonderful thing. God's blessings as you continue to follow your Savior on his final steps toward the cross and then to the empty tomb as you rejoice in the resurrection and the sure hope of eternal life.